with the first pick. And here's Jeremy Platt with Between the Tackles. Hey everybody, I'm Jeremy Platt and you're listening to Between the Tackles. Here at Between the Tackles, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the NFL from preseason to offseason coverage, rumors, news, and predictions. I'm 14 years old and live in Los Angeles, California. In 2011, football became everything to me and now it's just my whole entire life. Alright, let's get into it. The Giants signed two defensive options in... Duke Iannaccio and Devin Taylor. With Duke Iannaccio, he provides good leadership for the safety corp and gives veteran advice to Landon Collins. Devin Taylor is a solid young defensive end at just 28 years old and can learn from Olivier Vernon and Jason Pierre-Paul, and he's a steal in my opinion. Ladarius Green was recently cut by the Pittsburgh Steelers and can be a really solid tight end in the NFL. Some teams that I think he'll be a good fit for are the Miami Dolphins, and they could do a two tight end set with him and Julius Thomas, the Jaguars, which lost Julius Thomas and need a tight end, and the Saints could pair him up with Kobe Fleener. All right, some recent rule changes in the NFL were they changed the overtime period from 15 to 10 minutes, so we can expect three or four ties this season. Another rule change this year, there isn't any more 75-man roster cut down, so teams can go from 90 to 53 all in one day. It should be interesting because teams will get to try out players for a longer period of time, and it'll be harder to predict teams' rosters for people like me. Another rule change is that NFL teams can now designate two players to return from the injured reserved after six weeks. Last but not least, the NFL started to loosen up on the celebrations rules. Now teams can go to the ground while celebrating. For example, when Richard Robinson for the 49ers made a snow angel in Chicago, he wouldn't get penalized. They can celebrate in a group for the teams and using the ball as a prop is allowed. For example, Vernon Davis shooting the ball into the goal. Two rules that I think should be allowed is one, dunking on the goalpost, and two, you should be able to use small props. For example, Terrell Owens signing the football. Moving on, Gronk is back and a full participant in off-season team activities. Odell is training with Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter and catching brick, and Danny Woodhead is practicing with no restrictions after tearing his ACL in week two against the Jaguars. Finally, the Lions have added Matt Asiata with a one-year deal that should provide depth with Zach Zenner, Amir Abdullah, and Theo Reddick. All right, let's talk about my boy, Colin Kaepernick. He is most likely signing with the Seattle Seahawks, but I'm going to give you some reasons why he should have been signed a long time ago. Let's start with Scott Tolzien. He's 0-2-1. Ryan Mallett is 3-5. Chad Henney is 18-35. and And Colin Kaepernick is 28-30. I would say he's better than all three of those quarterbacks. And all three of those quarterbacks have jobs as a backup quarterback. In Colin's first three seasons, when he had a coach that stayed around... He was 25 and 14, so if he was put with a coach that would be there for the team for more than one year, I think he could definitely succeed. I could even make an argument that Kaepernick is better than five starting quarterbacks. Let's look at it. No disrespect, but I would say he's better than Cody Kessler, Mike Glennon, Josh McCown, Tom Savage, Trevor Simeon. You could even make an argument for Tyrod Taylor. Most of these guys are young, so I'm not saying that He's going to be better for them throughout his whole career. But so far, what has Kessler proven that Kaepernick hasn't? Again, I'm not saying Simeon doesn't have a future. He totally does, but Kaepernick has proven more to me than he has, in my opinion. Let's look at recently signed... Ryan Fitzpatrick for the Bucks. Fitz and Cap both started 11 games last season, so let's look at the statistics. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw 12 touchdowns to 17 interceptions and has never taken his team to the playoffs. Colin has thrown 16 touchdowns 
and four interceptions in his 11 starts and took his team to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying Fitzpatrick shouldn't be signed. I'm just saying Kaepernick should have been signed a long time before him. So what can be the reason? I'm not saying he's being blackballed, but how can you criticize him for what he's doing in the world? He's donating to Somalia, hosting your rights camps, and living up to Malcolm X's legacy. But is the main reason of him not being signed due to all this attention? Is he, he is bringing good attention to the team, provides veteran leadership, a dual threat, and knows what winning and both losing is like. What doesn't he have? You tell me. Let me know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or whatever you can. Alright, moving forward, let's talk about him as a fit for the Seahawks. As a diehard Niner fan, I hate it, but realistically, it's a perfect place for him. One, the team supports what he's doing. You could see that when they locked arms last year during the national anthem. Two, he's getting an all-pro head coach with Pete Carroll that can definitely help him. And three, he's sitting behind his friend Russell Wilson where he'll learn and develop. We'll see where that takes him. Alright, let's move on. The NFL Players Association is an organization that provides insurance, help, and guidance for players after they retire, helps the player look good on and off the field, makes sure they're being treated right, and the teams are following up on all the agreements made. It offers development programs for each of the players and is really good for the league and an awesome thing to have around. It hosted the rookie premiere in Los Angeles, California, where they choose the 40 most marketable rookies drafted this year. At the rookie premiere, they they learned from legends, like for example, this year it was Steve Smith and Michael Vick, and from the legends they receive advice to help them throughout their NFL career. Another thing they do is they get photo shoots for their cards to be made by Panini America at the LA Coliseum, where they're all geared up. They work with charities and go to hospitals to help the people in need, and it's a really good thing to have for the NFLPA. As most of you know, I actually attended the NFL rookie premiere and got to meet players like Deshaun Watson, John Ross, and OJ Howard. I ended up meeting 18 players and I'll give you predictions for each of the players I met. Let's start with Deshaun Watson, the quarterback for the Houston Texans. I think Tom Savage struggles early in the season, and then Deshaun Watson's going to take over at Game 4. In his 13 starts, I think he'll go 8-5, and five, have 2,708 passing yards, 11 interceptions, 25 touchdowns, almost 400 rushing yards, and 3 rushing touchdowns to go along with two fumbles. I have him winning Offensive Rookie of the Year after he'll lead the Texans to the playoffs. Another player I caught up with was Deshaun Kaiser, the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. The second round pick, I predict, will have nine starts and he'll go three and six. In those nine starts, I think he'll have 1,804 passing yards, nine interceptions, 16 touchdowns, 188 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. I think he'll have one fumble, but this could possibly be the future of the Browns, and I think this is the best chance to win since Kyle Shanahan. Let's talk about Josh Dodge for the Steelers. We all know Ben gets injured every now and then, so I can see him getting about two starts and he'll have around 400 passing yards. In those two starts, I don't see him throwing more than five touchdowns, but because he's an athlete, I'll have him running for about maybe 100 rushing yards. You can expect at least one rushing touchdown. Turnovers-wise, I think he'll have about one interception, maybe one fumble. But for you fantasy fans, I would not handcuff him. Let's get into Dalvin Cook, the running back for the Vikings. I have him running for about 1,000 yards, around 8 to 10 touchdowns, about 300 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns. In all of his games, I see him fumbling about twice, and he can be a candidate for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I also got to meet up with Marlon Mack, the running back for the Colts. I predict he'll have around 650 
rushing yards and somewhere from six to seven touchdowns. He'll be a good receiving option. I can see him receiving about 300 yards and three touchdowns. I'm not too worried about him fumbling. I could see him getting about one or two fumbles, but he's the Colts' feature for the run game. He gets to learn behind Gore and helps Luck big time. All right, let's get into Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. I predict him to have around 500 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns, but I think he'll be a good receiving threat with around 200 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. He'll have around two or three fumbles, but it's not that big of a deal. I don't think he's the best fit in Cincinnati because they already have Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill, but I think he's going to show potential for upcoming years, and I think this year he'll prove that he's the number one back in that group. Another person like that is the running back for the Chiefs in Kareem Hunt. I think he'll have around 400 rushing yards and two or three touchdowns. He'll have a, a big play in the receiving game with around 300 receiving yards and three touchdowns, but I think he'll have a fumble this year. He'll show a ton of potential this year, and I think he can outrun Spencer Ware and Sharkhandrick West. He's also being very well coached with Big Red and Andy Reid. Moving on, let's look at Samaj P. Ryan for the Redskins. He's a bigger back and is a perfect fit in Washington. I can see him running for about 500 yards and five touchdowns, and he'll be a receiving threat with about 300 yards and three or four receiving touchdowns. He's a bigger back and has good hands, so I would not expect a lot of fumbles. He'll help Cousins' stock rise in fantasy and reality because he's a great blocker and is a threat in the run and pass games. Okay, I got to catch up with James Conner for the Steelers. Don't expect a big fantasy option with Le'Veon Bell ahead of him, but I could see him running for about 200 yards and two touchdowns and maybe catching a touchdown or two. Right now, he's in a Derrick Henry type of scenario and could vulture a couple touchdowns. But all the Steelers need to know is that they're in great hands in case Le'Veon Bell gets hurt this year. Let's talk about Alvin Kamara, the running back for the Saints. I could see him running for about 200 yards and a touchdown or two, but I think he'll make a bigger threat in the receiving game with having around 400 yards and maybe four or five receiving touchdowns. He'll be behind Ingram and Peterson, but he's the best receiving option out of either of those guys. So the Saints don't need to worry. Let's talk about wide receivers. The first person I met was Mike Williams for the Chargers. I think he'll have around 750 receiving yards and he'll get about five or six touchdowns this year. A bold prediction for you guys is I can see him out receiving Keenan Allen and he'll show next year that he'll be the number one receiver for Rivers. He's a big red zone threat and boosts San Diego shot to be in the playoffs. Let's talk about Mr. 422 John Ross for the Bengals. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and I could see him receiving for about 600 yards and around four touchdowns. He'll be a good number two for AJ and is a great locker room guy. A funny story about him is that we actually kept running into each other, and he actually took my phone and made a video for us. All right, let's talk about our Darius Stewart for the Jets. I think he'll be a good number two with Eric Decker, and you can expect about 600 receiving yards and around five touchdowns. He'll be a sleeper in fantasy this year and shows great potential. And Didi Westbrook, the receiver for the Jaguars, I could see about 500, 600 receiving yards, six touchdowns, and will be a deep option for Blake Bortles. Another bold prediction is I can see him out receiving Hearns and will play a Kenny Stills type of role for Blake Bortles. Let's talk about my boy Cooper Cup for the Rams. I think he'll have an excellent year with around 
around 900 receiving yards and six or seven touchdowns. I think he'll be the number one guy for golf and will be a good young duo for the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk about Juju Smith for the Steelers. He'll back up Antonio Brown and have around 600, 650 receiving yards. He'll be a good number two and is a bigger body. He's going to be Antonio Brown's dance partner and is a big target for Big Ben. Chris Godwin for the Buccaneers won't play a huge role this year, but he'll get to learn under guys like Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, and Adam Humphreys. If one of those guys get injured, I could see him filling in for those spots. Another Buccaneers rookie that I met was OJ Howard. I think he'll have a big year for them and getting around 500 receiving yards and six or seven touchdowns. He'll be next Jameis's tight end for the next 10 years and is the future for the NFC South. A couple other guys that I didn't meet but were there is Corey Davis, who I think will be up there for Offensive Rookie of the Year and will have around 1,100 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, and 86 receptions. And he'll lead the Titans to the playoffs. Another guy is Jamal Williams for the Packers. He'll have almost 1,000 rushing yards and eight or nine rushing touchdowns. He's Aaron Rodgers' best running back he's ever played with and will be the future for them. Leonard Fournette, a big-named guy. I don't think he'll live up to the expectations, but he'll have around 700, 800 rushing yards and six touchdowns. And then last but not least, I think Zay Jones for the Bills will have almost 1,000 receiving yards, around seven or eight touchdowns, and will help Tyrod's fantasy stock big time. He'll be the number one receiving option instead of Sammy Watkins, and will have an extremely solid rookie season. Next time on Between the Tackles, we'll talk about the projected standings for the NFL, fantasy football, and whatever is going on in the NFL. Make sure to like and comment on this podcast. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at BTWN The Tackles and Facebook slash Instagram at Between The Tackles. On my social media, I'll be giving hints on what we cover for the next episode. And you guys should let me know what you want to hear. I'll see you next time. Happy Memorial Day. Jeremy out. <laughs>